0: I sit down with Phil Gerbischak, author of the book, 10 Ways to Make It Great, to talk about self-awareness. Get excited, because this is Tiny Leaps, big change, big change. Welcome to another episode of Tiny Leaps, Big Changes, where I share simple strategies you can use to get more out of your life My name is Greg Clunas, and today we have a super interesting conversation. So a few weeks ago, I sat down with a gentleman by the name of Phil Gerbischak. He is a sales leader, a trainer. He has been sort of working in the space, doing talks all over the country for years now. So in this conversation, we are sharing advice on how To figure out who you actually are, what it is you want, what sort of path lays ahead of you. We have some great discussions on things like how to make it great, what actually matters when you are trying to build a career, when you are trying to improve in your life. What are the things that truly matter and why you need to be more of who you actually are rather than trying to imitate others. So this is a super good conversation, one I'm really excited to share with you. But as usual, these conversations are broken up into part one and part two. So make sure you tune into part two, that's going to be episode 540. So you want to listen to both 539 and 540 to get the full conversation with Phil Gerbischak. Now, before we jump into the conversation, let's talk about today's sponsor. We all know how important our mental health is when trying to make big changes in our lives. Simply put, without taking care of our mental and emotional health, we won't be able to take the tiny leaps we need in order to move forward. That's why today's episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. BetterHelp is the world's largest counseling service. It's 100% online and has helped 759,000 people just like you. With BetterHelp, you can get the support you need easily. Simply make an account answer a few questions to be matched with the perfect counselor, and you're good to go. You can speak with your counselor in whatever way you want via text, chat, phone, or video sessions. And you can get the help you need exactly when you need it by messaging your counselor anytime, anywhere, or scheduling a live session at a time that's convenient for you. Every counselor is licensed, professional, and thoroughly vetted, so you can breathe easy, knowing that you'll get the help you need. So take control of your mental health in 2020 by going to www.betterhelp.com slash tiny leaps. That's www.betterhelp.com slash tiny leaps. When you sign up today, you'll get 10% off your first month. So head over to betterhelp.com slash tiny leaps and get started right now. All right, so I'm sitting down with Phil Gerbachek. Phil, how are you doing today? I'm fantastic. How are you doing? I am doing wonderful. Thank you so much for being here. This is this is really an honor.
1: Yeah, man. It's great to be here. Greg it really is, man. Thank you so much.
0: Yeah. So, you have been um As speaker and author, you've sort of been in the leadership and management space for a while. Uh, Why don't we start out? Could you tell me a little bit about how you got into that space? How did you get into working with companies and their employees on uh, topics like self-awareness, leadership, sales, things like that?
1: Well, I got started, I guess, by being that in corporate America. I was a leader. Uh, I've led uh, IT teams. I've led sales teams before. So I got mm-hmm. started in that doing the job. And from there, I realized that I had a lot more to give. So I was able to branch out into working with others to do that. Uh, I've, You know, a lot of it is, is self-taught. You know, I, I don't... There are now... Uh, degrees or at least classes in sales and leadership, but there weren't when I was going to school. So it was self-taught, man. I read a lot of books. I did a lot of practice. I did a lot of failing. I did it wrong a lot. And uh, mm-hmm. with that, I learned how to do it better. So it just happened that, you know, I'd reach out to people, see if I could work with them. And sometimes, you know, that they actually paid me. And uh, from there,
0: of kind of works out. It's always nice.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: Um, yeah, that that makes a lot of sense. And it sounds like... As, as with how sort of a lot of thought leaders and experts start, uh, you had to solve your own problem at some point, went through that process, went through the rigor of it, found, Like read as many books as you could, learned everything you could, and then now your job is let's make it easier for the next guy. Is that accurate? Yeah, that's
1: absolutely accurate. Yeah, I've, I found a lot of things that I was doing that didn't work because mm-hmm. I'd read stuff You know, from the 70s. I mean I, I read some of the classics and some of the classics – are classic and they're foundational, but they're not always applicable now. The command and control style of the 60s and 70s and 80s is no longer the collaborative style of today.
0: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So uh, a, a few years ago, uh, you wrote a book called 10 Ways to Make It Great. Um, how long has that been out now?
1: Gosh, that, <laughs> that's funny you asked that. It turns 15 Oh, wow. on the 30th of june which is really funny i bet i've actually i'm looking at potentially reviving that and bring not not bring it back in the traditional sense but bring it back in the fact that i'm going to look and see do those 10 ways do they still kind of rule my life because back mm-hmm. then there were more theory like hey here's what i think i should do but mm-hmm. i've been doing this now like i said 15 years so now is this what i actually do so is the theory the practice or is it just BS? And that's, that'd be super cool to see. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm working through it, right? I put the, I put the deck together, um, Mm -hmm. about what the 10 steps are, what the 10 ways are. But from there right now I have to say, am I authentically living this? How am I displaying this? What does this really mean? And I think that's, it's important to be self aware and to be willing to say, you know, I'm not that great at that. I still need work there.
0: Yeah. Well, something I love that you did in the book, and uh, given that it was 15 years ago, you may not even remember, uh, right in the beginning, before you even get into the first chapter, you make this distinction uh, between what it means to make it great and what it means to have a nice day. Do you remember that?
1: Of course I do. Yeah, that was seminal in my life, man. That's funny. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Well, it's such a great concept because what you you do there is you really break down... um, Ultimately, the role that language plays, right? So active language versus passive language, uh, something that gives you a sense of control, i.e., you're going to go and make this great versus something that feels like you're just sort of sitting around waiting for things to happen to you, i.e. have a nice day, maybe possibly. Um, what role would you say that the language we use on a day-to-day basis has on our feelings of control and self-worth and all the, the issues that employees and individuals might struggle with?
1: Well, it's huge because it frames everything that we see, everything we do, and everything we feel. So, you know, to your point, right, make is a very active word. And if I can, if I have the opportunity to make something like a loaf of bread, I'm gonna be mm-hmm. a lot stronger. If I think about something that I can actually do, it's gonna be stronger. So, when I think about that, you know, I'm gonna give you just a couple quick examples, right? The get to versus the got to is a big one for me. What do I get to do today? Well, I get to talk to you, I get to do some work, I get to coach some sales teams. I get to talk to you know other people. I get to do these things. I don't have to do anything. I, I don't feel like it's enforced mm-hmm. on me. And that commitment is very different when I get to do something versus I got to do something. And then when it comes to gratitude, that's a really a big focus on what I have versus what I don't have. So Mm. when I think about it, I want to be active. I want to create. I want to do that. But I also want to be grateful for what I have, because though it isn't perfect, I would argue now more than ever, things are really not perfect. If that's (laughs) true, though, but I still have a lot that I can be thankful for. I'm thankful that I get to spend my mom's 70th birthday with me because of this uh, interesting coronavirus. I get Mm. to talk to more smart people like you, Greg, because I have a kind of an asynchronous schedule because I have teams that are East coast all the way to the West coast. So my, my day is really, it's a, it's a, it's an, a 13 hour day, but it's an eight hour day that cause I can break it up as I wish. So I, right. I, I get, I get to do that and I'm super, super grateful for that. So those two bits of language have just changed my life. And when you think about that, there's a lot of little things that you can do just to refocus reframe, and reconfigure your your life and your work so that you can realize that life is really a gift instead of life as a burden work is a burden and I think mm-hmm. that is really that's really important more than anything right now if we have the power to refocus and do nothing else, we can be a lot more successful and a lot happier than if we just let things be
0: yeah so it it's clear that um this has been something that's been on your mind for at least the last fifteen years, if not if not longer. Uh, but it, that's really difficult, right? For <laughs> for many of us on a day to day basis, like it's it's truly legitimately not easy to frame things in the most positive light at all times. What advice would you have for for people who maybe are struggling with that, especially right now when things feel a little bit darker than than they do normally?
1: Well, my advice is to, to practice your gratitude muscle every mm. single day, and you can practice that. The the easiest way, the simplest way, I should say, maybe not the easiest way, the simplest way that I that I can offer to to your listeners to do that is to think about three things right now that are in front of you and why you might possibly be grateful for them. So this morning, I was grateful for rain, and I'll tell you, Greg, I don't usually like rain very much it knocks the pollen off the trees it makes it really hard for me to breathe and frankly it's the opposite of sunshine and the beach which is my happiest place <laughs> on the planet man it you really and is me both brother yeah you know i i chose i choose to live in florida because of the beaches well right now i love the rain and i'm grateful this morning for the rain because it slowed me down this morning and made me pause and look at the world in a different way. So I was grateful for that. And then I had, you know, other things that I'm grateful for as well. But I'll tell you, rain is not something that I am normally at all grateful for, but mm-hmm. by focusing on something that otherwise is uncomfortable and finding myself, what am I grateful for in this moment about that thing? That is not my favorite thing at all. I can find some joy in that. And so if you can take whatever it is that is right in front of you, something small, and be grateful for it. And really think about, like, what about this would make me grateful? And really lock into that. You can reframe a lot of your day because then you're going to go around and you're going to bump into things, either physically or mentally. You're going to bump into things that then you're able to reframe. And you're going to practice that gratitude muscle of, oh, I'm grateful that I'm out of coffee because it gave me the opportunity to try something new. I'm grateful I'm out of creamer because the creamer that I normally drink, that's just the same routine. And by having a different flavor of creamer or no creamer at all gave me a different flavor. It's almost like I'm rewiring my brain to make different connections. And by starting with something really small, I'm able to then move that into something bigger. But if I can't reframe... The smallest thing, often the bigger things make it really hard because the bigger things sometimes can really suck the life out of us. Mm,
0: That makes a lot of sense. And it it sounds like something I tell my listeners often, uh, which is that the unfortunate truth about personal development, about creating change, is that uh, it really just comes down to catching a behavior and then doing a different thing. Um, All all the stuff that we, we try to build around it is just going to make that easier or harder but ultimately it's what are you actually doing uh that that matters and in in this case if you want to to be able to focus on more of the positive as as phil just said you have to just practice that gratitude
1: yeah and it's an everyday thing i I want to be really clear here this is not a sometimes thing it's an everyday thing including weekends including weekends, because otherwise we get out of the habit. I mean, you know, the guys in The One Thing, Gary Keller and Jay Papasan said it takes Mm -hmm. 66 days to create a habit. Well, if you extend that and you skip your weekends – can never get strong enough at it. Right. And so I'd encourage folks, if you're going to practice this gratitude habit, I'd encourage you, take 30 days, right? Put on your calendar. Do what Jerry Seinfeld talks about. And just take the simplest act of just putting an X through each day or a smiling face even. Even better, right? To see, yes, indeed, today I practice gratitude. And then do that and see what kind of string you can get. Use an app if you want. There's lots of great habit app trackers out there as well. And you'll start to see that that really works out well and really helps your brain and your body be even better.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so something that you talk about a lot is uh, self-awareness and, and just getting to know yourself better. And on this sort of train and road of, of, of positivity and the language that we use, uh, one of the things that I've personally struggled with and I've had listeners reach out to me about is the language we use to describe ourselves uh, is this something that you've had to tackle in your work or in your own life?
1: Yeah, for sure, for sure. I, I think about you know the the I am statements, but being really honest with myself about them. Not you know like right now, I'll tell you, I'm a little heavier than I'd like to be. So I am mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm a little heavy, and I, I say that you know, but honestly, by saying I am. I can tackle that and move forward and really give myself a starting point by being mm. honest. I, I'm not talking about I am statements to affirm stuff that isn't true that if I look in the mirror like, you know, saying I am blonde. I'm not blonde. My hair is dark, right? That's just that's just BS. I don't care how much I wish it to be. Now, could I change that? Sure I could, right? But I'd need to do something completely different in order to change that. And so, you know, by focusing on those I am statements and how I see myself, and again, I'm grateful for who I am, even though I'm not perfect, even though I'm not exactly where I want to be, that absolutely has helped. And that self-awareness of here's where I am today is really, really powerful because it's really hard to go on a trip if you don't know where the starting point is, unless you have a super strong GPS, in which case it's going to be a trip that you're not going to be able to take by yourself. And most of us with self awareness, there's a reason it's self awareness because we have to be aware of self first.
0: Right. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. What, um, this concept of, of sort of the I am statement, uh, it's that's something that I haven't dove too deep into. Uh, so just very clearly stating I am blank and, and, Bringing that to the surface, making that a conscious reality that you are now aware of so that you can actually take actions against or or towards if it's something positive. Uh, Do you happen to either know or remember sort of where uh, you came across that or is that just something that you developed?
1: No, it's certainly not something I developed. I'm trying to think if I think back to that, I mean, one of the one of the one of the affirmations that I used to see was when we talked about. I am being in a in a future state. Um, mm. As far as the the present state, I, I'm sure there's somebody else who taught me that. I mean, I've read so much and learned so much. I, right. I can't I can't pinpoint who that's for, but I just find that being sometimes painfully self-aware of who I am sometimes is more helpful than even being in a future state. Not Mm -hmm. again, not in a negative way, uh, but just in an affirming way. Like right now, you know, if I got on the scale, you know, I am 261 pounds. I am a VP of sales training. I am a podcaster. I am talking with you, Greg, really clear, Mm -hmm. right? Just giving me a starting point for where things are. I just find it's just helpful. And, and again, It's because life is a journey, not necessarily a destination. So I'm going along, but I need to know where I am because it helps me decide what might be next for me. If I I look like right now, I'm in I'm in Brooksville, Florida. I am in a nice home and I am looking at a golf course right now. That is where Mm I am right now. And to deny that, to say something else, now I've got some cognitive dissonance because I can look out and I can see that tree. I can see that flag on the golf course. And to say I am at the beach, well, that's a lie. And so I don't think that's super helpful. So I know that's a long answer to your question, but I, I don't know where I got that from. But I do find that that does help me.
0: Well, I guess what I'm curious about is where does this, in you specifically, where does this um, ability to be almost painfully self-aware come from? Because that is something that people struggle with.
1: Oh, I th- Well, I think I, I got told enough that I wasn't self-aware early in my career that I knew that I had to develop that. I, I was, uh, my, one of my first sales jobs, I was selling high-speed internet back before it was high-speed internet. And I really thought I was God's gift to sales. I mean, we were we were <laughs> crushing it. We were making a ton of sales, and I didn't get a raise. And instead of taking that I didn't get a raise as, Phil, you need to do better, be better, um, do something else. Instead, I took that as an affront that my boss was picking on me. And so uh, I basically stormed into her office and demanded a raise. I talked to the CEO and demanded a raise. And then suddenly, uh, when they didn't give me one, I went and looked for another job. Thankfully, I had enough Um, swagger, I guess, to get the, the next sales job. When I went into my boss's office and I told her that I had a new job expecting either one, she would beg me to stay because I was producing amazing numbers or B, that she would have some sort of regret. Instead, what she said was, oh, that's nice. And then two and a half hours later, they escorted me from the premise and didn't even let me work my my, my two weeks out. And it was there that I started to realize that I had no self-awareness. And I was mm. like, huh, okay. I almost got blindsided there. I mean, I bet I, – I don't know this because she, she would likely never tell me this, but I bet I was probably two weeks from getting fired.
0: Mm.
1: Well, that's a problem. I need to eat. I need to work. And so um, had I – the lack of self-awareness that I had there – really almost painfully ended my career and a lot of the life that I had. So yeah, I think that it happened out of necessity more than anything, Greg, to be quite honest with you.
0: That's it for part one of my conversation with Phil Gerbashak. Make sure you tune into episode 540 to get the second half. And if you got something valuable out of this, I would love to hear from you. Connect with me on Instagram at Greg clunis, on Twitter at Greg clunis, or if you are watching this on YouTube, drop a comment down below. Let me know your thoughts. Let me know what you have done to sort of learn more about yourself and how that has helped you in your life again remember to tune into episode 540 where you'll hear part two of my conversation with phil and as always remember that all big changes come from the tiny leaps you take every day every day